0: team. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island baseball Network. From the diamond to the clubhouse to the front
1: office this is the show that feeds the passion for all twins fans. It's inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew root Beer locally owned and operated. it's how memories are created and legends are made.
2: The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated. How memories are created. Legends are made in Rocco Baldelli. Tampa Bay legend, by the way. Rocco Baldelli, as I'm hearing from all of the Tampa Bay folks up here. Dave and Andy next door joining us. The manager of the Minnesota Twins. First and foremost, good morning, sir. And good morning, Chris. Do you sleep well after a night like last night?
1: Uh, You know what? To say... To be honest, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, those are fun games. I mean, when when you have a lot come together and you see a lot of the guys out on the field uh, doing what they want to do in the fashion they want to do it, yeah, you do feel good going home. Winning always helps, uh, and and that's never going to change.
2: You know, starting pitchers will tell you that if they make 32 starts, they might have everything working three times. And I would say similarly, it's not often over 162 that pitching, offense, defense all phases of the game all meld together so seamlessly and last night to my eyes was one of those nights
1: yeah it, it, it does it almost never does have it, it almost never happens like that you're right uh even for some of the best teams in the league there's always an element of uh of stress to the game you know of of the unknown and of what could happen um you know rarely does it work like it like it did last night and and almost everything ends up going in the direction that you want, you know, a big hit, then you're adding on, then you're adding on, adding on more. The guys you bring in from the bullpen throw the ball. Great. Um, you know, we saw we saw a lot of that. Uh, most of the time, even in games that are five, six, seven, even eight run games, you know, you, you're still preparing for you know different scenarios and the way that things could go. But uh, last night was one of those really nice ones. Hopefully we can have another one today.
2: Aside from the macro look at, at, at what we just discussed, there are little things that can come out of games. And to me, something as seemingly small as Jake Cave knocking in those two runs, poking a ball to left field, with all he's dealt with this year, a little win like that for Cave, to me, maybe gets lost in the overall picture of a 12 nothing win, but is something that individually for him could certainly serve as some sort of a springboard.
1: Yeah, coming into the game cold, you know, haven't sat there for a while. Not not getting as many at bats as you know you probably prefer to keep your timing. Uh, he goes in there. He's, he's facing a guy that's uh, probably tough on tough on left-handers, and uh, he goes up there, has a good at bat, shoots the ball the other way, brings in the runs. He goes to bed feeling good at night. There's there's something to that. Um, you know, we talk about Jay Cave. you know, we brought, we had a new guy out there on the mound yesterday, too, and Ralph Garza Jr., and, uh, you know, he's out there for two innings. I think he only threw 15, 16 <laughs> pitches to get through two innings, and, you know, you honestly are sitting there going, God, do we do we just throw him back out there for another inning? I mean, how, how, how do you even get through an inning on 15 pitches uh, or two innings on 15 pitches? But you know what? Again, we want him to go to bed feeling like that first outing was a, was a quality outing and appearance for us, uh, it, was a, it was a great way to show up and show everyone what he could do. So we got him out of there, and we got Danny Coulomb in there to finish the thing out. But those those things are real, and I'm glad when guys can go to bed at night feeling good.
2: I imagine Cave looking back from the on-deck circle going, hey, great, Rock, you gave me the left-hander with the closed-off uh, approach uh, thrown from from behind me for my one at bat of the night. You know, Jeffers ends up hitting that monster home run off Luplo. and Paul and I were talking about it, and we talked with Mitch Garver about it, and Mitch was like, I'm glad I came out. I don't want to see... A 50-mile-an-hour pitch. I know fans laugh about it, but for hitters, and put yourself back in your hitting shoes, is that a weird at-bat? Like, I know everybody approaches it differently, but is that a weird at-bat?
1: It is absolutely a weird at bat. And it's even a weird at bat for the guys that hit homers off of the position players until they hit the homer. Then they're happy. You know, (laughs) then then they're, then they're excited at the end of the day. That's the only thing they're thinking about. You know, they, they got a Homer and uh, ultimately, you know, no one looks at the homers at the end of the year and goes, well, these seven were against position players. So they don't really count. No, they all count. So uh, you know, those guys are feeling good. Ryan Jeffers is feeling real good about that. Everyone else. I think they would pass if they could, because, Hitting uh, in baseball, it's a game of of timing and a game of feel. Uh, And when you go up there in a major league ball game and you're facing not a major league pitcher, uh, you are going to end up kind of probably thinking too much and and seeing things that you really can't unsee. You know, the ball coming in at 52 miles an hour and, uh, you know, the, the lack of focus in the game from everyone. It doesn't even matter. No matter how much you're trying to lock in at that moment, it's hard to do. Uh, and it's hard to do for the fielders. It might even be hard to do for the pitcher and catcher themselves too. But, uh, yeah, if we could bypass that entire part of the game, uh, having to send pitchers, uh, guys out there to pitch, you know, from, from third base, uh, you know, even, even asked you know, I know everyone loves it when he's out there, but if we could bypass all of that, I think everyone in baseball would.
2: Did you ever pitch or ask to pitch or were you asked to pitch as a position guy?
1: So I, I, like everyone, they think they want to do it. Everyone thinks they want to do it until, until the time comes. Uh, and then you got to go out there in front of everyone and make sure you throw strikes. Um, I never uh, was able to do it. I always wanted to do it. And I will tell you this. I, I hurt my rotator cuff and labrum when I played with the Red Sox in 2009. Uh, and after I hurt my arm, the opportunity came up and I couldn't do it and I was not able to do it and the and the Red Sox sent uh, Nick Green out there to pitch and he was throwing 90 and he he looked like he knew what he was doing so I am I'm, I'm happy it ended up being him and, and I didn't end up going out there.
2: So they picked the, they picked the right guy. You mentioned Ralph Garza Jr. and he's the latest in a line of waiver pickups who've come in and thrown the ball well. Edgar Garcia is in that group, Nick Vincent's a guy we've seen a lot. Explain if you can kind of the the onboarding process before a guy gets to you and Wes. I know there's a lot of people involved when we sign somebody, whether they come here directly or whether they go to St. Paul, but just in terms of what you throw, how you're going to use it, getting you immersed in what the twins program is, whether it's Josh Kalk, then Wes, then Colby, all three at the same time. How does that chain of command work for a new pitcher?
1: Yeah. When, whenever there's a guy that becomes available or is on the waiver wire, and let's be clear, there are a lot of good players and a lot of good major league pitchers that come across the, the waiver wire uh and are and and get picked up and establish themselves and, and end up pitching really really well for a long time uh so these these are important decisions um, you never know when they're gonna work out the really the way you want but they do a lot of the time and uh Derek and Thad and and the group upstairs will really screen every one of these available players when when they come up and uh, you know, sometimes the decisions are made according to where our roster is sitting and what we're able to do. Even if we like a player, we're not always able to just go uh, grab them and take a chance on them. But uh, when someone kind of is, is above the, the line for, for, you know, what we're looking for and what we may, may need at the time, uh, then our, our group, um, you know, behind the scenes over here, will dig into everything. Wes will grab Pete, We'll grab, uh, you know, Josh will grab Colby and all of the guys will sit down uh, and look into, you know, just what are we going to do with these guys when we get them? What adjustments, minor or major, will we potentially make? Maybe there's even not much of an adjustment for some of these guys. We actually think they're pretty good as is and we we let them go. But, uh, you know, bringing a guy in, giving him an opportunity, uh, sometimes it's easier to do. Sometimes it's more challenging due to fit. But, uh, you know, we have to continue to do it. This is the time of the year where we will be looking at guys to see what they can offer to see if there's a spot for them and and a real uh, opportunity going into next spring. So that's what we're doing now.
2: And for you as the manager, you're such a communications-based guy in terms of getting to know your players on a personal level. How long does it take you sometimes to get a comfort level and to truly get to know these guys, especially if they're out in the the bullpen a lot of the time?
1: Yeah, well... It takes time. It, it really does. No matter how much you, you bring a guy in right off the bat, if you don't know someone, uh, it takes many, many days and many conversations to really get a true feel for them. But you try to start on day one and you bring them in and spend a few minutes with them, uh, spend a few minutes with them later on the next day or the day after that, uh, watch them and, and listen to the people who are spending more time around them. But uh, it you definitely get there. Um, allowing guys to really feel comfortable initially. You know, they're they're going to a new organization. They're flying around the country. Uh, they're tr- they're really trying to just get settled in. It's not really the easiest thing to do. And then we're going to ask them to go out there and pitch in Major League ball games on the snap of a finger. And you know what? Anything we can do to make them feel comfortable when they show up, that's what we're going to do.
2: That's a great look behind the curtain process-wise from Rocco Baldelli. He's our guest on Inside Twins. Then, of course, he's got a game to manage today as the Twins try to win a third straight series against a first-place team. We'll take our first break here on Inside Twins. Back with more from Rocco in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. Back on Inside Twins with Rocco Baldelli, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. Two gorgeous nights weather wise here at Target Field. Two good ball games, and now the Twins a chance to win a series against the Rays. I want to talk about the Rays a bit because they are so much a part of who you are as a person the Rays were your college your grad school your first job out of school and over half your life I think or close to it you probably spent as a member of that organization developing so many wonderful relationships it was the Tampa Bay Devil Rays they changed in 07 to the Rays you were part of that and now we look at this as a model franchise could you feel a cultural shift happening while you were immersed in it?
1: I'll be honest, Chris. I was I was trying to just survive a little bit at the time, um, and just go out there and try to try and to play well and didn't really know what was going on, um, in the moment, uh, we, we struggled early on when I was there, um, 2003, 2004, 2005 seasons, we didn't win, uh, uh, you know, too many games. Um, there were, there were a lot of other things happening though, at the time, you know, there were some, uh, you know, changes in the, in the ownership, there were changes in the front office. There were, uh, there was a lot of movement in the organization and, uh, you know, when it did happen though, it happened very quickly um there were there were changes in uh, in manager. Joe Madden came aboard um, and really kind of shifted the the thinking in the dugout and in the clubhouse uh, to a much more. Kind of constructive um, critiquing and positivity, and uh, you know, it's okay to focus on you know other other things and get your mind off the game for a minute here and there. So there were there were a lot of changes. Did I know that I know exactly when it was coming and how it was going to come? Absolutely not. We showed up one year. A lot of talent was kind of being assembled. And all really came together at the same time, and and then we we really showed up, and that was the 2008 season, which was the first uh, real you know grand success that the organization had. Uh, and and you know what? Throughout all of it though, you learn, and I think that that's one thing that that they've done really well in Tampa Bay. It's that they continually uh, learn and hone what they're doing, and are not afraid to try things uh, and talk about things. Uh, if they think it's going to help them going forward. And it's a pretty open-minded group, and they do a good job.
2: The fact that you were there as a player, a field staff member, and a front office member, you saw the operation from every possible angle it could possibly be seen. How much does that help you in your job as a manager when you have to be able to understand what's going on on the fourth floor as well as what's going on in the equipment room?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think think it can definitely help um, really – I was very fortunate because I was given an opportunity to, to see a lot of things from a lot of different angles, and and when you do that, um, you know, you you may be able to see a little bit as to how other people are seeing the situation, uh, regardless of what you're talking about or what you're looking at. And uh, experience matters. It matters in in all different realms of life. It matters in uh, baseball too. And. Uh, when you do have a, a general, you know, feel like you you have the opportunity to see something, you have a general feel, um, you know, you can you can approach things from different ways. And but again, I was lucky. I was actually, you know, invited to to do a lot of things that um, that I think have really helped me in my career. To be honest, I also don't think I would would have been comfortable taking a job as as a manager of a major league baseball team, if I wasn't able to see these things from all these different angles, uh, it, it gave me the confidence to be able to do what I'm doing now. And, uh, again, thank I'm thankful for all of those opportunities because they did not have to offer
2: them to me. The guy on the other side of the diamond, dear friend of yours, Kevin Cash, nice little photo tribute that you – put up on the board the other day probably why the bachelorette is coming to target field here today explain the genesis of that relationship with you and kevin cash there are certain people when you cross paths in baseball which is a small world where it just works what's the history with you and kevin
1: yeah kevin and i actually go pretty far back we we played against each other he was with the blue jays and we'd run into each other just we'd see him all the time i didn't really know him uh, we played together um, in Tampa Bay as well. I forget what year it was, but we, we played together, uh, spent some time around each other one year. And he had been around the American League East, too, for a very large part of his career. And, uh, excuse me, he, you know, smart guy, you know, catcher, um, knew his stuff. Uh, and then, you know, retired, um, had some success, you know, was a part of a lot of winning uh situations and and started started coaching and when he actually was hired as the manager in Tampa Bay um there that was one of those moments where there was a lot of change and um Matt Silverman actually called me and asked if if I you know had any interest in being on the field staff the coaching staff and uh you know I went to the winter meetings and met up with those guys and met up with Kevin uh you know and and I remembered you know some of the the you know personality that he has which is very very real and he's very uh funny um he likes to keep everybody going with with humor it's a very particular kind of humor uh but he's very good with people and he's a he's a great baseball mind he's, he's a sharp sharp guy I hate complimenting him and saying <laughs> nice things but uh he, he's really good on, on the baseball side but uh he, he also veils it a little bit. With um, with a lot of uh, enjoyment and fun and. You know, I laugh, but, you know, their staff over there, their number one job is to keep the manager happy and smiling. If the manager's happy and smiling, everything goes smoothly over there. Um, but they they like to have a good time. They do it right. I think everyone in their clubhouse enjoys going to the clubhouse every day. He really, he showed me a lot of things because he came in after, you know, not doing this job before um, and really did a lot of positive, positive things for that group over there that that I've learned from. Um, and And the thing is, We also, to this day, uh, I try to keep him going. He actually keeps me going too, but uh, he's more looking forward to uh, if I'm wearing the same brown, uh, ugly brown pair of shorts that I was wearing, you know, going to the field every day when I was in Tampa Bay uh, and which pictures he he can get from people uh, of me and, and, you know, uh, compromised situations and all that. Like, that's the stuff that keeps him going. If he didn't have that, I think he'd retire.
2: I think that there's a whole show to be had just on how you guys – find pictures of one another. That's going to be a whole special, probably pay-per-view type situation that we'll have to get into at another time. Rocco Baldelli is our guest. The show is Inside Twins. One final segment as we turn our lens towards today's rubber match. That's next on your Home for Twins Baseball. Perfect Sunday at Target Field. Big day as far as our network is concerned. This is Inside Twins. Rusty Kath will have our pregame lineup card coming up next. And then, of course, we'll have baseball today between the Twins and the Tampa Bay Rays. Rocco Baldelli, our guest here on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killer Root Beer. We talked about a little bit earlier in the week uh, a neat opportunity. Three straight first place teams uh, and the chance to, you know, Sharpen metal on metal, steel on steel, whatever the, the metaphor of the day is, is a good one. You guys have answered the call, an opportunity to win that third straight series against a deservedly first-place club. Uh, that's reason enough to, to come into the clubhouse uh, with a little hop in your step, I would think.
1: It, it is, and and things have been uh, really good. The guys have been they, – they, ha- they have had a bounce uh, underneath them with everything they're doing, pregame, uh, in the cages, you know, preparation for all these games – Uh, We've been playing. I would say we've been playing relatively well lately. I I, I do want to give our guys credit for what they've been doing out there. Uh, We've been playing some very, very tough teams. These teams are fighting for playoff spots and winning and trying to win their divisions and things like that. Um, When that's the case, you know, you can see it just in the way this this Tampa Bay team is going about their business right now that they're making moves. Um, to win games throughout the entire game. Everything they can possibly do, uh, anything is on the table. And you know what? We're showing up and playing with them and and beating these teams right now. Um, And we've been doing it with uh, playing good, successful baseball in in every fashion. We've talked about it. You, You have to pitch. Your bullpen has to pitch. Uh, your position players are going to have to get big hits with people on base. You're going to have to play really good baseball right now to compete with these teams. We've been doing that. We still have we still have a ways to go, uh, and we're still we still have some more good teams to play this month. So uh, we have some work uh, ahead of us. But as far as what we've been doing lately, it's been pretty good.
2: You mentioned to me in Houston last week how you guys were going to, your entire staff, kind of focus on some developmental aspects of working to keep your players getting better before games, between games, all of that. We've seen a ton of work here on the field before games. And then watch that work pay dividends in the ball games, and not just young players. I watched Torrey Polanco take about a million high-intensity ground balls in shallow right yesterday before the game, and then make about ten plays doing just that once the game started. Are you happy with the way that has manifested itself for your club?
1: Yeah, I, I am. And, and we've spent some time getting together to kind of uh, prepare and get ahead of what we're trying to accomplish and how we're going to do it. Um, we walked through you know, a lot of our 40 man roster and talked about some specific things for each guy that we want to focus on. But the general structure of our day um, has changed and in and, and kind of a longer, more drawn out way because we have some things to work on and we're gonna spend the time out there doing it. But you're right, uh, You know that's how you get a Jorge Polanco to the point where he's playing second base uh, in an above average fashion, like he's doing right now. He's very comfortable because of the work that he puts in. So he's going to be out there uh, in addition to all of our guys, uh, especially our younger players. And uh, we're seeing the results. That's when you get that, that, that good validation, that that very positive feel showing up every day. When you see the work that you're putting in show up, um, it becomes even more and more worth it. And then you want to work harder again. It's a great cycle when you get into it.
2: We got about one minute left, Rocco. Charlie Barnes gets the ball today. Uh, the kid has poise. He doesn't seem like he gets rattled real easily. Uh, it seems like that's a trait a lot of your young guys have.
1: It, it is. Uh, Charlie is is not a guy that uh, is, is afraid. There's, there is zero fear um, when he goes out there. He's a guy that has... Uh, some touch and and feel and and has to use all of his pitches and mix things up Uh, he's not not afraid to try to trick someone out there while while he's out there on the mound but uh, he's a guy that can certainly handle himself and uh, I'm looking forward to watching him go today
2: a great chance to sit down and chat with you today Rocco enjoy the conversation as always best of luck with Tampa Bay Uh, I don't know if you got those ugly brown shorts on or not but uh, whatever it takes to win uh, and try to win that third straight series best of luck today
1: Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it.
2: That's Rocco Baldelli. The show, of course, is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Stay right where you are. The Dinah Realty pregame lineup card is coming up next. We're going to hear from Drew McPhail. He's not the only McPhail working this weekend here at Target Field. He'll have our Minor League Player of the Week, Pitcher of the Week, and we'll work our way right up to first pitch. Charlie Barnes will throw it. The young Colombian, Luis Patino, will answer for the Tampa Bay Rays as Rocco Baldelli and the Twins try to make it three straight series in the win column. For Rocco, Chris Atterbury saying so long for now, that'll do it for Inside Twins right here on your home for Twins Baseball.
0: You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture
1: this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.